Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies, three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Today's guest is someone I know as a man of integrity and very good at what he does. What he's done in his short construction career, well, relatively short, that is, is nothing short of amazing. My brother from another mother. Mike, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Nick. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real privilege to be talking to you today. And I'm excited to have you, man. Excited to have you. I wanted to jump back to how we met, which... I have at 2009, 2010 from Hunter Roberts. We both worked at Hunter Roberts at the time, Hunter Roberts Construction Group, that is. And I believe you you transferred from the New York office, correct? That's correct, Nick. I was working in uh, Hunter Roberts' office in Manhattan for about a year and a half, and I got connected with the Philadelphia group working on some bigger bids that were happening in New Jersey, kind of between the two markets. And I'm from Philadelphia, so naturally... As uh, got married and got ready to settle down, it made sense to go back to Philly. It was a great opportunity to stay with the company, continue working as an estimator and project manager, and made a pretty seamless transition down to from New York to Philly. Got it. Yep, that's what I recall. And then we never worked together on a project because you were an estimator. I was a project manager out on site at the time when you came down. But I think we got to know each other on the softball field, if I remember correctly. Right. That's right. Nick, you know, I, uh, I played third base and I batted third and you hit fourth in the cleanup spot. And, uh, we, we led the league at home runs, I think. Yeah. We, uh, we had a good team. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I want to step back to your college years. You have a degree from Penn State University, a bachelor's in biopsychology. Why that major? Did you have other? plans for your career at that time? Yeah, I um, was originally basically headed for pre-med and okay. thought that I was going to become a doctor. And then I had a pretty big change of heart uh, heading into my senior year of college, uh, working in a hospital and just determined that wasn't really for me. And all along, you know, my mom kind of always knew that it would be more interested in like an engineering or architectural background, something involved problem solving and it just took me a little bit longer to find it, but um, basically, after, you know, heading into my senior year, I started taking coursework in engineering and some construction management, and then that led me into a couple initial jobs that uh, were in construction and architectural firms, and then from there, you know, I never looked back. Great. Yeah, you went to New York University, correct, and got a master's science in construction management. That's correct. Yeah. After graduating from Penn State and I worked for a contractor in South Philly 
I saw the program at NYU in construction management and took the opportunity to move up to New York. And the degree was all at night. So I was working at Hunter Roberts in New York during that same time. And actually, one of my uh, teachers in class when I was first going up there, before I got hired by Hunter Roberts and I was just taking classes, I uh, was an exec at Hunter Roberts. And I told him that I was coming up from Philly to take classes. And he said, well, if you're willing to do that, then you're good enough to work for me. And he offered me a job pretty much on the spot. And that's how I started on the Robert. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. So your time with the architectural design firm, you spent about a year and a half. What were your responsibilities there exactly? I was working on different commercial and residential projects. We did a lot of work at University of Pennsylvania. So I was basically like a draftsman working through different issues in CAD and basically taking red lines from some of the higher designers and getting them into CAD. I was going to a lot of buildings and doing site surveys, dealing with some contractors, but it was mostly office work and learning how to detail different parts of buildings, bathrooms, kitchens, that type of thing, and learning dimensions, I'd say. So it was a good initial exposure to the industry just because it was a good way to really dig into reading floor plans and learning how mm-hmm. a set of drawings comes together. And, and then obviously a building as well. But I did quickly learn that, you know, my passion was more driven to be in the field and to be hands-on with the different projects, working more in a collaborative nature with the rest of the team. So after about a year and a half of doing that type of architectural work, that's when I made a move straight into construction. Yep, I can so relate to that because I originally wanted to be an architect, but I quickly realized I wanted to be out there building it. I can certainly relate. So then you became an estimator for Campanella Construction for about a year and a half, correct? That's correct. And yeah, that was my first job in construction. I didn't have any prior estimating experience, but there was some very good project managers and the chief estimator there. A few guys who had worked at LF Driscoll that had some really strong training that went over to help build out the construction company at Campanella. And I, I was there at a good time because I learned from four or five very experienced, hungry, you know, younger, younger professionals that did have um, some good experience early in their career. And I learned how to estimate or at least the initial process of doing takeoffs, building estimates. Uh, bidding out projects to many subcontractors and then learning how to, to de-scope them and work through the scopes of work to ultimately get the job set up and out of the ground. Got it. And then you moved on to Hunter Roberts and you initially were an estimator, correct? When did you become a project manager with your time there? I don't recall. I was an estimator for about three and a half, over three years. You know, mm-hmm. I originally went, originally, we were hired by Hunter Roberts. I really wanted to be a project manager to be in the field. It's obviously, it sounds more attractive and cool to be out there. But with my estimating background, it kind of naturally pulled me into estimating yeah. again. And yeah. honestly, looking back on it, I, I attribute some of my, my success completely to that, to having that time in pre-construction and estimating has proven to be probably the biggest asset that I have in starting my own business eventually. So, at the time, I was kind of kicking and screaming, but willing to do it, for sure. And then it turns out that those were some of the more valuable years of my training, I'd say, that I ever had in estimating. Yeah, I know you were very good at estimating even back then. 
And I do remember this conversation with you wanting to be out in the field as a PM, but uh, they were holding on to you <laughs> in the office. They wanted you to stay because you certainly had a you know great strength there. Thank you, Nick. You're very welcome. Then you moved on to MLP Builders, which is part of O'Neill Properties. And what made you leave Hunter Roberts to go on to O'Neill MLP? So um, it was an opportunity to get a different type of experience, I would say, you know, a little bit more of an entrepreneurial environment. O'Neill was a developer that also you know, ran the construction company, MLP, basically like a sister company. And I wanted to learn more about what goes into the overall development process too, not just as a general contractor, construction manager, but how the development process worked. And that was a good opportunity to learn that side of the business as well. And the general, I guess it was just a, an opportunity to kind of take a risk to get more responsibility than I was having with a larger, more corporate construction company. And, uh, yeah, definitely got exactly what I had asked for. I got a lot of responsibility, worked on some big projects with help, but, you know, was handed a lot of different moving parts of the building, bringing in my own staff and hiring actually managing the project in the field. So Mm -hmm. it proved to be a good decision for my overall career development and just exposure to additional parts of the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you originally started there as a senior project manager, I I recall, and then became vice president of operations. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Originally started there and we broke ground quickly after on a 250 unit project called the Worthington Apartments. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, in a trailer managing that project with a superintendent who now actually works for Tesla Construction Group. And we built out the team and I have a project manager that we hired there who's also with TCG now. But, you know, when I got there, we built out a team and we hired all the subcontractors, wrote all the contracts, and we hit the ground running. It was about a $35 million, 250-unit project in Melbourne. Mm Mm-hmm. And we happened to be one of your subcontractors. We did business. That was when I ended up leaving Hunter Roberts and partnering with my partner. And we ended up doing some subcontracting work. Very challenging uh, project that was. We learned quickly that subcontracting wasn't, wasn't what we really wanted to do. <laughs> but it was great working with you. And the project ended up being success, I think, overall for, for MLP and O'Neill. Because it's a beautiful part of town there. I mean, they developed, was it Target? Whole Foods, that was all part of it, right? Yeah, there's a Target, a Wegmans, and a Rothman Institute. Those were the main Mm -hmm. anchor tenants. But Mm -hmm. yeah, we we were able to kind of both get, you know, kind of making a change in our careers and figuring out a way to work together. And Mm -hmm. I think we both learned learned a lot during that time. Yes, we did. Some some mistakes and some successes, but Mm -hmm. in a way, it was definitely an exciting time for both of us and the pleasure. You know, the unique relationship as friends and coworkers to then GC and sub. Mm-hmm. But um, nonetheless, <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience to work together and yeah. help build out the project. Yeah, we had a fun trip to the Super Bowl that year, too. That was nice. <laughs> that, that, that capped it off right there. <laughs> yes, it, it was good. I mean, the game sucked, but the uh, the halftime show was probably better than the game. <laughs> it was a blowout. And then... You, and I remember this conversation that we had, because when I was 
Working for you as a sub, you had made a comment to me that I always remembered that you were like, you know, I, I want to do what you and Mike are doing. You, you wanted to do your own thing. And, and I knew it was just a matter of time, you know, just your mindset and where you were going. And I think it was probably about a year and a half later, you partnered with someone from MLP O'Neill, I believe, and started Grit Construction. Yeah, that's correct, Nick. I, you know, I was definitely influenced by uh, seeing you and Mike take that leap and being able to start your own company successfully. Uh, it was really exciting to see and definitely helped motivate me. But that was always something in the back of my head mm-hmm. was having the opportunity to start my own business, my own company. Even when I was even just starting to get into construction, I knew that I wanted to give that a shot at some point. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, after about nine years or so, nine, 10 years of working for other companies and learning how they do things, learning some of the right and wrong ways to do it and, you know, building a network of subcontractors and mm-hmm. a lot of those relationships, uh, the timing made sense. And there's also a very good point in the industry in general around 2015, which you know, things haven't slowed down too much despite COVID. Mm-hmm. Some of the recent slowdowns, you know, those last five years have obviously been very strong. So started working with an employee at the same time. We left around the same time and we started grit construction. We um, we broke ground relatively quickly on a, a nine-unit project in Fishtown and then continued to grow that business until ultimately after about a year and a half of working together, made the decision that I wanted to branch off and own a company completely on my own and started mm-hmm. Tester Construction Group. And that leads me to, you know, where you're at, Tester Construction Group. You've been in business now for about three years, correct? Yep, that's correct. It'll be three years next month in November. And you primarily do open shop? Yeah, we do. Um, primarily open shop. I mean, we bid majority of our projects both ways and Mm-hmm. As we're continuing to grow and the projects are getting larger within the city, we're starting to work more and more with union subcontractors. It's really right. something that we're looking forward to doing. And I have a history and relationship with many of them from the days going back to Hunter Roberts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of our projects may be still a bit smaller and the budgets aren't there necessarily quite yet. But we recognize as we continue to grow, those relationships are becoming more and more important. So, mm-hmm. We are bidding them both ways and working through trying to mix both, you know, open and union subcontractors on the majority of all our jobs. Got it. And well said. Now I like it. My big ask for you today is how in the hell did you scale so quickly? So (laughs) I'd say the main ways I was able to do that was finding a couple strong projects to hit the ground running with not growing too fast, but at the same time, having one or two core projects that you're able to obviously bring in the overhead to hire staff and start bringing in income and also be able to hire some, you know, higher caliber subs that, you know, so I'd say having one or a couple of those initial projects of at least decent size was a first big step for us and we're able to do that. We also, you know, I did develop some really good relationships with, the employees that work for us now and was able to bring bring over some of my previous coworkers to work at TCG who really shared the same vision and who were looking to looking to change maybe the culture that they were working or the responsibility that they had and just working in a different way. 
So that was a huge part of the success was just the team that, that came over with me to take on different projects. And it's really, you know, the relationships, I'd say, ultimately, and being able to bring in repeat work with clients and doing things the right way and doing them the first time. And of course, we're going to have issues and challenges that arise, but being honest about them and strategizing on how to solve those problems with, with clients and with our own team. Got it. And to give people perspective on the size you know, of your company and, and what you have built in a short three-year period, can you give some specifics on how many employees, staffing, you know, volume of work, revenue, whatever you'd like to share? Because it's extremely impressive. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, I mean, we started with uh, three employees. We were working in a one-bedroom unit at Temple University that was in like an apartment that my friend of mine owned. So we were actually just in the the one bedroom, like not even didn't even have the unit. We had four desks in a bed room, and uh, we were working in there. And then we've now since then grown to 25 employees. In our first year, we did about eight million in volume, and we're projecting in this year to do about 50. So we've we grew went from about eight to 30 to 50 million each year, and that came from largely the size of the projects that grew along with our company and our staff from doing, you know, what was typically maybe a $500,000 project. I'd say our average projects now maybe more like five or 6 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of where I had you pegged 40 to 50. Yeah, I just see your signs everywhere in the city. <laughs> and, you know, that leads me to, you know, when Mike is, is too busy and he has clients reach out or potential new clients, he gives me referrals and uh, I appreciate that, Mike. I think nine times out of 10, your referrals, we've ended up doing business with them. So thank you again. It's great, Nick. And some of them, you know, you obviously have a niche in the business that's different than ours, doing more of the commercial side of yeah. work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I certainly admire that and would like to do some of those projects, but we've been busy with a lot more of the new construction, multifamily yeah. and mixed use buildings. So it's a natural handoff over mm-hmm. to you and your team. No, no, I appreciate it again. So what projects are you working on right now that you get excited about? Really excited. So we've got a project in Jenkintown outside of Philadelphia called the Summit House. It's a 64 unit and 64 parking space project. Uh, New construction, we're getting ready to close it out for the end of this year. And that was a big stepping stone for us over the last 18 months or so, getting awarded and proving to ourselves that, you know, we can deliver and hit the schedule and hit our budget that we put together as a relatively young company at that point. So that one's, uh, that's been a good milestone, something that we're very excited about. We are starting to spread outside of the city and we're doing a 30,000 square foot office renovation in Ambler. So that's exciting just as we're moving outside of the city of Philadelphia and kind of extending our reach a bit. And then mm-hmm. we've got a number of, Projects in the 30 to 40 unit range throughout the city that are podiums, some cast, you know, cast in place concrete with underground parking, some with structural steel and concrete on metal deck and getting into some of the heavier construction, plus wood framing and some of the bigger buildings has been really exciting for us. Excellent. How has COVID-19 challenged you guys at all? Has anything changed for you in the last six months with COVID? Other than the, the, what, the month or two shutdown 
Any, anything outside of that? Yeah, we are still seeing um, a fair amount of fallout from COVID, Nick. You know, it, as you know, materials and pricing has just fluctuated mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, we have appliances that we could order, you know, two or three weeks before we need them. Some of those delays may be up to three months. And, you know, it's just a matter of figuring out what specifications and for active projects, kind of making some changes on the fly if you need to, to see what you can get. But hitting schedules has become more complicated just with material procurement. I'd say another good example is just the utility providers and the water department and Pico and, you know, companies that lost all that time on back work orders, getting them to service the buildings has been a real challenge. So there's been fallout that, you know, no one could really predict that has just trickled down, you know, even since we opened up May 1st, it's been five months now, but we're still seeing, you know, delays of a couple months for things that are very much out of our control in a lot of ways. What material increases are you seeing the biggest increases on? Biggest increases have been largely lumber, pressure-treated lumber and engineered mm-hmm. lumber. We've seen that increase by you know, upwards of 25%, 30%. It's uh, dialed back a little bit recently over the last couple of weeks. And I think after the election, depending on how that goes, there could be it could be reduced or it could hold steady, but people are on pricing or are waiting to see what happens politically and in the economy over the next mm-hmm. couple months. And then, you know, a lot of it is not even necessarily just price increases, but the availability of materials, black vinyl windows from a lot of the major suppliers are out at 16, 17 weeks now. And, you know, you're losing some of the opportunity to use products that would help drive down budgets compared to, you know, now there's, there's select materials that we have to work with. Mm-hmm. Got it. So outside of work, what are you passionate about? What are your hobbies? You know, I know golf is definitely one of them. <laughs> Anything outside <laughs> of golf? <laughs> yeah, COVID was good for my uh, golf game. Mm-hmm. There wasn't as much that we could do. So we started playing a fair <laughs> amount of golf, my wife and I, but yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say most passionately is obviously spending time with my family, with my yep. son and daughter, coaching their sports as they've gotten older. They're six and eight now. So being able to coach them and be out on the field with them throughout the weekend. We love traveling. You know, obviously since COVID, we haven't been traveling like we used to, but trying to show them different parts of the country, even simpler trips like camping and just being outdoors is a real passion of mine with, with my kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, obviously golf. And Philadelphia sports, yeah, you know, are two of yeah. the biggest. We can relate, absolutely. <laughs> so, if a young man or young woman, students, someone out there listening to this, you know, wants to get into construction, you know, whether it be labor, whether it be a you know specialized trade, skilled trade, what's your advice? Non-union, union, just what's your advice for them early on to, if they're interested in the trades, what should they do? What should they start doing to get, get some opportunities and to learn? Yeah, I think, I think construction is very unique and special in that you really can start from the bottom up, so to speak, and the sky's the limit on what you can create and the types of projects that you can work on. So I would certainly encourage anyone to, depending on what their skills are or what their interests are, to get involved with the trade, pick something that, you know, they have some passion on or they want to learn about. 
uh, if it's a particular trade or if it's more office related, like I started in estimating and as a project engineer, you know, that's also valuable. But, you know, I think I'd say my advice for anyone who's looking is just to, to take that initial step that you're going to learn a lot from all the different, all the different coordination and correspondence that you have on any given project. You may be completing one trade on one building, but you get to see how the entire process works and how it all comes together, which is really what's exciting about construction and unique. You get to learn from a lot of different people. You get to work with a lot of different backgrounds, people of different ages and cultures and ethnicities. And I just would encourage them to take that initial step, you know, start working on a project in a capacity and and do some trial and error like you and I did, Nick. You know, some jobs may be better than others or some, you know, may be more difficult. But out of all of them, you do learn what you like and what you don't like and you know how you think you can eventually succeed. No, that's great. It's, it's great advice. Great advice. If someone were to want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of Mike and TCG? So, yeah, you can send me an email. It's very easy. Michael at testerconstruction.com. Just my first name, last name, construction.com. You can also go to our website, testerconstruction.com. We have a contact us page there, which uh, gets emailed to about 10 of us at the office. So we make sure we all miss it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I encourage you to reach out. We're located right in North Philadelphia where a lot of our projects are. And if there's any way we can help steer someone in the right direction or provide advice. We certainly have a handful of people that we're doing that with now and trying to mentor them to to work in the industry and to, you know, eventually hopefully come work for TCJ. I love it. And social media wise, what would you say you're most active on? Uh, we're most active on Instagram and LinkedIn. You know, Instagram, we're typically highlighting our projects and different milestones that we may, we may have hit, whether it's a popping out or a groundbreaking. It shows you some of the, the cultural side of the team too and the different events that we're having at TCG. LinkedIn, we're using to show about our staff and, you know, different experiences that we're having on the project, whether it's safety or, you know, other consultants and team members that we're working with. And we want to highlight those relationships and the success that we're having. Great. So do you have any other questions for me? Anything else you want to share, Mike? I'd say just, just to, um, to add to what I was already talking about a little bit, some of the differences in the construction industry for anyone who's maybe considering going into the trades or into construction in general and what was the difference for me ultimately and why I chose the career is you really get to see like a fruit of your labor. You get to see something that you're working on a daily basis progress. And I think there's very few industries in the world that you can do that. You also have the ability to really work as part of a team. And I mentioned it earlier, but you get the experience to work with people with every type of background that you can imagine and you have to be able to talk to all those people at the same level, you know, in the same respectful way. And you really do within a given day deal with all different stakeholders on the project that you're working. And that's what keeps it ultimately exciting and worth coming, you know, back to work every single day is just the interactions that you have with different backgrounds and um, different pieces, which ultimately brings together this building that you, uh, that you helped create. 
No, I couldn't agree more. The learning aspect, you know, in our business, you learn every day, every single day. And the teamwork, as you put it, it's what I love about it, for sure. It's a team effort, just like baseball and softball, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you strike out and sometimes you hit a home run, but you're going to get back up to bat no matter what. I don't think I've ever struck out in softball. Did you? (laughs) No, Cardinal did, but... (laughs) Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you joining me. Tell Brandon and Joe I said hello. A couple team members I, I know well. And uh, thanks again, man, for joining me in the show. And this is my sixth episode, and uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, we've been listening to them. They've been a uh, great success so far. I look forward to seeing them every time you post them. And uh, we'll make sure that we link up on our side with our social media. So it's clear whoever wants to reach out to us or has questions for me or my team will certainly be accessible. Excellent. And also Jimmy, Jimmy Jank. I was just thinking who else I know there. Tell him I said, hello. I will. He's sitting right next to me. <laughs> he looks frustrated with the sub, but <laughs> thanks again, brother. I appreciate it. And, uh, All right, we'll connect soon, man. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. See bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.